0: friends welcome back to the film alchemist podcast the show where we look at movies we love break them apart to find out what makes them magic i'm your host josh griffey joined as always by a son of a jackal and
1: co-host sorry i was trying to do my gregorian chant no it's
0: coming in yeah it's always hard coming in with the Gothic choir, <laughs> choir intro.
1: Oh, <laughs> But that's Dandino. why we have Alex
0: Dandino on the show. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this uh, in this episode, all the rules are out, man. Heaven and hell are at war. We're just here trying to survive. Uh, tonight, as part of our extras for this month uh, of Halloween, we've tried to get as many done as we can for you guys. We knew this had to be among them. Uh, Alex is presenting us a gym a movie that scared him so much as a child. Oh, it yeah. left an indelible scar for the rest of his life. What are we doing tonight, Alex?
1: Well, as it goes with most movies I saw when I was a kid, I saw this way too young and it had far too deep an impression on me. We are watching 1976's The Omen. Starring oh my God. starring Gregory Peck and Lee Remick.
0: Yeah, this has a stellar cast this movie. Yeah. Uh we'll get into that. This this movie is so fun because actually in getting prepared for this, me and you both just watched all of the series. They're all on HBO right now. Oh, they're um, so good. Even the fourth one, which is Damien's Daughter, which is just not exceptional.
1: Yeah. To- but I, it's such a good series. It,
0: yeah, it has to rank among my favorite of the horror movie series because I love the original. I actually think the second one is a better version of The Omen. Mm-hmm. Uh, The character all of the characters are sympathetic instead of kind of just the parents. Well, like, like Damien has like a real arc in that one. Oh, and it's, it's also so good, the man. best. Yeah. The Omen two is the best final destination movie. <laughs> yes. And then even yes. part three has Sam Neill as Damien, which is fucking awesome. Like, yeah. I really just love this series.
1: It's one of my all time favorite movie series. I saw it when I was young and like, my mom, my mom and dad, my mom's a God-fearing Catholic. She prays to this day, and God bless you, Mom. I love you. But these movies are so much fun because they are, like, they, they, there's three things. The, like, the original Omen scared me for a couple of different reasons, but the things that this movie does well is the Final Destination kills the Gregorian chant, which is essentially the soundtrack for the movie, which you're like, holy shit. Like, when it starts, you're like, why is this happening in this movie? This is terrifying. And then truly like the icing on the cake for me. And it's something that came up later when I was older and watching this movie. You got to realize Richard Donner directing this movie might be one of my all time favorite things. Like he is such a fucking master.
0: Like this, the guy of Superman uh, doing the Omen, which is so fucking, it's just, it's, I love guys that can just cross genre like that. Like he does it so effortlessly. Yeah. Obviously Richard Donner among the best directors of all time. Uh this this movie's so unusual because this is the first time I've watched The Omen since being a parent. <laughs> and it does it changes the movie quite a bit. Right. Cuz the first thing I noticed watching this movie as a parent now is I'm like they're so fucking old. I was like how does Gregory Peck even have semen? Like what the fuck? I was like all his sperm must have died like in like 20 years ago. Yeah. And he's so fucking old and he keeps knocking her up. He knocks her up twice in this movie. This
1: Well, she's what, like a young trophy like, wife. Oh.
0: But not only that, they're fucking old, which I think is why they're a mark for the devil. Yeah. And then they're rich, right? And there's something about the way rich people raise their kids that all the rest of us just fucking hate. Like when Damien's mom is just having a not great day and she's like,
1: get him out of ya. Yeah.
0: And then nanny has to like rush him out. I was like, man, that must be fucking nice. Goddamn assholes. <laughs> Or when they're like, hey, uh nanny, outside of the window of our English estate, can you hold our baby while I close these curtains and fucking just have old people sex on no furniture? I was appalled by the age of them. And the, yeah, yeah. the just not being parents really. They're like the kind of parents that check in at the end of the day, like, are you still alive? Oh, yeah. we're doing a great yeah, job. Yeah,
1: like this is one of those movies where I like I, I've worked uh, – those of you who don't know, like in my real life, I work um, I work te- television production. This is the only other movie I, I – in uh, a show I worked on, a woman showed up with her two children. They were from another country, and they had a nanny and a governess. And I didn't know what that was until – but I knew from the omen that it was just the <laughs> nanny. Because I was like, oh, that's what Mrs. Baylock is. She's a governess. And I was like, oh, Cool. And then they and then brought you're up watching
0: like, that chick out of the side of your eye the rest of the day.
1: Oh fuck yeah. I was side eyeing that lady forever. I'm like, I know you're just a fucking deep down jackal. I just know it. Yeah.
0: You're like, no one wants to be around kids, especially ones that aren't their own. I don't trust you. <laughs> but yeah, I don't like, trust you at all.
1: <laughs> this movie is just so it, it starts in such a way too. Like I, I love the way this movie begins because it starts not in the way you'd expect. Like the the opening trail, like the trailer gives you, or the opening credits give you everything you need to know about the movie. Like, got it. Me like evil kid. Perfect, great. But then it almost <laughs> starts like the fucking beginning of like all the president's men. Like they're on the way to the hospital. There's lights and all kinds of shit. Like if it starts, I think, very unexpectedly for what this movie ends up being. Um, right. Because it, well, end- the it starts with a very real an thing ant- that happened. <laughs>
0: No, the the opening is literally just an anti-adoption PSA.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: It's like don't you can't even listen to a fucking priest just don't yeah. adopt. Not only Every is it adoption an anti-adoption kid adoption kid PSA, this is
1: like super anti-Catholic. Like do not adopt people in the kit from the Catholic church ever. They're all bad about yeah. it. like Well, I
0: personally believe in adoption, but after – because me and Amy have always said we're done having our own, but, like, someday, you know, maybe we'll be balling the fuck out. You should pass that on, right? You give a kid a shot. Sure, sure. But I watched this movie, and I was like, dude, you never fucking know. Like, what if we adopt Damien or Jeffrey Dahmer or, you know, worse, (laughs) like, you know – we could just do even worse and be like honey boo boo. Like we don't know. <laughs> you don't know what, what is fucking lurking genetically in these kids. So I watched this movie and was immediately like, holy shit, this is the like most anti adoption movie I've ever seen. <laughs> but also the fact the priest is just so nonchalant about it, he's like, Yeah, your kid died. Yeah. But on this night, God chose to give you a son. I was like, damn, don't force don't foist that upon me, you bitch. That's fucking crazy. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it starts in this really, I mean, the tragic thing is, yeah, like, so she gives uh, birth to a stillborn baby, and basically the priest is like, hey, let's pull let's pull the wool over this woman's eyes, and uh, give you just, like, like, this is the great part, too, is like, Lee Remick is clearly, like, the worst mother in the world, because all she wants is a baby, but it's like a fashion baby, it has nothing to do with, like, her love for children, she literally is like, <laughs> well... I- I just want a kid like I don't care where it comes from like she doesn't know like this is like the crux of the movie is like Gregory Peck knows but she doesn't but then you also realize like oh it's because Lee Remick's a totally shit mom anyways and it doesn't really matter to her like it's I feel like she's
0: fucking old
1: not Lee Remick she's not old
0: she's fucking old that lady is at least 40 in this fucking movie that's old to have your first nah, kid,
1: dude she's younger than that in the movie
0: no way, hey, she looks forty five to me. She's Easy. like
1: she's late thirties. It's because she's tall. It's because no, she's what? Because she's Gregory tall. Gregory
0: Peck is like sixty-five years old in this movie. It's because she's
1: tall and she's got big like Suzanne Summers hair.
0: There's no fuck how old I mean, I'm assuming how old the characters also, are supposed to be are also, in their forties, right? Also They're supposed to be in their forties because that's when you would ascend to a position of power like that. Also, he was I t- roommates I- with the president. The president has to be over forty years old, right?
1: Also, I take umbrage with I take umbrage with your comment earlier. Fucking Gregory Peck, you know, is balling well into his seventies. I don't want to hear it. Like that guy. I kn-
0: I'm not saying Gregory Peck can't fuck. I'm saying he couldn't impregnate.
1: Oh, he can impregnate for sure.
0: Oh no! Every time he nutted, it would literally just be like a monologue. No,
1: exa- exactly. Exactly. <laughs> no, <laughs> no,
0: it would just be a blurb from To Kill a Mockingbird yeah. spilling into her vagina.
1: He he nuts and There's ju- no
0: fucking way that guy can fucking knock
1: someone up. He nuts and gives a gives the monologue gives the last the last, last lines from To Kill a Mockingbird. Well, hello. Scene you
0: you watching this movie? You're worried that Gregory Peck needs a nap. You're so scared the whole movie. That's the scariest part. <laughs> <laughs> like there's a the great scene at the start, right, where they're shitty parents and they just turn around and they're like, "Oh, we're having this great nature walk." Hmm, where's the fucking baby?
1: Oh my god, what the and then, fuck? And
0: Gregory Peck literally just walks to the edge of the pond and stares in as if he's gonna see the dead floating body. And when he doesn't, right, a natural dad reaction will be I'm gonna jump in just in case. Gregory Peck's like, if I jump in, there's all kinds of hip breakage and I'll never make it out myself. I'm too fucking old to protect my child from nature.
1: As far he's as the worst. As far as parenting goes, there's a lot of moments in this movie that are just kind of like, huh, eh, well, Kids will do the darndest things. Like, no, you should actually watch for your child. Like, you, you know, things are things are not great at home. Uh, no,
0: but but this is this is the second umbrage, right? Not only are they so fucking old and tired that they can't possibly keep up with this kid, but the fact that okay, here, so the the famous opening scene of the movie, right, is at the like fair, right? No, no, Damien's it's, it's having, at like, their house, a little, a little birthday carnival fair, whatever, yeah. at his house, right? And. This is one of the coolest things they do in the movie, right? The nanny's walking away and she sees the black dog and it's like a... I can't even do what the sound effects are. It's is, uh, it's, I... it's
1: basically like the uh, Steve Austin $6 million man.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's this awesome psychic <laughs> scanners kind of thing. Yeah. And next thing you know, she's up on the roof with a noose, you know.
1: I love you, Damien.
0: It's all Damien, for you, it's, Damien. It's all for you, Damien. And she fucking jumps and shatters through the glass. It's this fucking visceral moment of... Yeah. This seems like a happy family movie. And then all of a sudden this happened. Granted, we know it's not a happy family because of how fucking old these people are <laughs> and how in danger that kid is. But this is where we get back to the the fucking rich person parenting. Right. So this this fucking crazy looking nanny shows up. And I'm not one to judge a book by a cover. But if no. this lady came to my house and was just like, can I go meet your kid alone? After my nanny had just murdered herself in front of my son, I'd be like, no fucking this way. This is the thing that's chatting. they like, is oh, we truly, don't even know how she got here.
1: This is the element <laughs> of the movie that truly scared me as a kid and has stayed with me through my entire adulthood. Is that actress who plays Mrs. Baylock is the scariest looking woman I've ever seen in my life. Like she yeah. like her. And then the guy who plays the preacher in Poltergeist 2 are the scariest looking people I've ever seen on camera. Like,
0: yeah, she looks like Nurse Ratched who's seen some shit.
1: She looks like Nurse Ratchet after like a bender on like heroin and ketamine. <laughs> like she shows up and like her, her face Nurse is...
0: Ratchet from Florida. That's what we're going. <laughs> yes.
1: She's Nurse Ratchet from Panhandle, Florida. Like if she had come in and like she'd be like, Hello, I'm the new governess. Where are you from? Fort Walton Beach, Florida. Oh my god, get the fuck out of my house. Like that's what that's what the reaction should have been. But no, she had a British accent, so she's right. okay.
0: Right. But this is what I mean, right? So you see this creepy ass lady, and they're just like cool, and she's like, "Oh, they read about the suicide, so they sent me over." And he's like, "There it is, dear. See, it's all great. <laughs> now I need to go take a nap. It's six thirty. Why are we awake? There it is. Like, there it damn.
1: is. There it is, Lee Remick. Let's go watch Murder She Wrote, and we don't have to worry oh about my it anymore. God.
0: Like, yeah, it's just, it's, it's insane. She, but that's what I mean. This is what the devil would be looking for. These people are an easy mark yeah. in bed by six. They work till probably five. <laughs> they have to have a nightcap in their fancy fucking dad library. These people have no ability to pay attention. Like oh, here's man. something. This is how desperate these people are not to parent, right? Every time they tell uh nurse Baylock or whatever to do her job, she pretty much is like, fuck you, I don't think I'll do that. That is the best yes, part w- of the
1: movie. Jeez. No, she's
0: like, I want to keep a murder dog in the house. I don't think your kids should go to church. You know, all these fucking things, and you're just like, someone like Gregory Peck in this movie, the kind of people that live for serving classes and ruling classes, Right? there's no way they're taking this much lip from a hired gun, <laughs> okay, right? That's The my- only reason they do is because they're like, if we lay the smack down on this lady, then we're gonna there's have a to- real chance I'm going to have to, like, Clean up an accident. I'll be woken up in the middle of the night when the kid has a nightmare. Yes. I can't possibly deal with that. (laughs) That is
1: the funniest part of the whole thing. Fucking Mrs. (laughs) Baylock argues with them at every time. And I, like, if it was me, I'd be like, bitch, I'm paying your rent. Get the fuck out of here. Fucking do what I tell you. But because she's like, because they're like, oh God, the the, the thought of having to feed my own child just is so daunting. Like, forget it. Like that. That in and of itself is so fucking funny. Like, especially as you get older, you're like, why the fuck would anybody keep this woman around? I would tell them I would hit the bricks, bitch. If you're not going to do what I tell you, like that is truly hilarious, but also makes her old fashioned.
0: But the first time a nanny fucking swings by a noose through my window, (laughs) that's it. I'm going to parent more.
1: Yeah. I guess I'm a parent.
0: I'm old fashioned
1: like that. (laughs) Call me old fashioned. But as soon as a lady walks up and says, as soon as I see a fucking murder dog in my house, she's like, Oh, it's nice to Damien. Yeah. I think it'd be bad if we got rid of it. Cool. I'll just put it down myself if you can't figure it out, he's
0: bitch. Like, he's like, yeah, just get rid of it tomorrow. He's like, I can't stand the thought of fruit roll-ups on my fancy pants. <laughs> get rid of the dog tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> They are. It's so funny. Because you're led to believe that they are these victims. But in a way... No, they, they are direct apostles. They I bet bring if it he, on Like themselves. went through Gregory Peck's like old white pew bush. Yeah. There's a 666 <laughs> under there. He is an apostle in this. He's so, definitely working for the devil.
1: <laughs> so we're focused a lot right now. Like the movie really focuses heavily on like what shitty parents Lee Remick and Gregory Peck are. And then like Mrs. Baylock gets introduced and she becomes the scariest woman of all time. Right. Uh, there's a we shot We know though. there's
0: a psychic murder dog and Damien waves to him. So the tables are set.
1: Like this, there's a shot like when Mrs. The first time Mrs. Baylock meets him, and like she does her little like, fear not, little one, I will protect thee. And then there's a shot down the hall, and I I wrote it down. Like I love this shot. There's a long shot down the hallway, and like the sun's creeping in, like as it's setting too. There's no like real like. There's no morning light in this movie. I love that. It's all takes place dusk, midday, or night. And then like she's standing there in the uh, like this crazy visage, and she shuts the door, and I'm like, God knows, because yeah. in the remake, remember the 2007 remake with uh, Leave Schreiber, it's uh, Mia Farrow as Mrs. Baylock, and in that movie they take what I think is pretty subtle in this movie and like amp it up, because to me. In this movie, it's we were doing
0: subtleties in the early 2000s. <laughs> right,
1: like in this one, it's like cranked up to eleven, like the sexual tension between her and the kid, and I'm like, gross, Mia Farrow. But then, like, yeah. in this one, it's very mellow, like she's just like kind of an admirer, like it's almost like a fangirl. like if you're, uh, yeah. like you know, if you're uh, basically like if you're Bruce Springsteen it's some girl from like you know Ridgewood, New Jersey who loves Bruce Springsteen, like that's bad really example
0: because that would be all s tension. <laughs> but that's like I'm trying to think of a copper I guess it would be like you know if when I was younger I'd met Chris Farley I'm like this is really cool and I want to watch you bounce around the room but we're not gonna have sex at all
1: <laughs> right <laughs> sorry did I mention the fa- did I mention the fan from Ridgewood New Jersey is a guy sorry my bad like a like a fat still too much man. still
0: too much s tension <laughs> can you can anyone be in a room with Springsteen and be like well you're better than everyone I've ever fucked <laughs>
1: So there's no way. <laughs> so oh also this is another thing too is um so originally she was written as like this warm, like really beautiful, li- like Mrs. Baylock was originally written as this really warm, like Irish woman. But this woman her right. name is Billy Whitelaw. Billy Whitelaw came in an audition and they're like, We gotta rewrite it for this lady. So she was okay. originally supposed to be so off puttingly nice, and instead they rewrote right. it for this woman who was like vague okay. sexual tension towards a child. Like the this, the tables this are set so of well the
0: biggest right i'm glad you brought this up because this gets to my other thing that i noticed so much in the movie this time around that somehow i'd forgotten i was like i think satan is the shittiest planner of world ending plans of all time <laughs> satan and his minions have no fucking chill yeah no i was like if you have a psychic murder dog and you can control the wind and lightning and all this shit why are you murdering people with like nooses and throwing them through windows and decapitations and javelins? Like what whatever happened to some good old fashioned heart attacks right. and drownings? <laughs> like, everyone in this movie is constantly doing everything they can to shout to the sun We are working for Satan.
1: Yeah, no, Notice everybody. us short of like it's showing insane. up Short of showing up to work in like their whatever the, the equivalent of pajamas would be for Satan worshippers was basically like in this movie cloven hooves. Like short of that, <laughs> e- short of that, literally nobody. Like everyone is screaming in Gregory Peck's face the entire time. Something's wrong. Something's wrong. And he's like, "No, there's not. You're 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 out of your mind. You're crazy." Like my life
0: kicks ass, and stop trying to ruin it. Now like I'm it, going to bed at seven o'clock.
1: <laughs> like it starts with that priest. Like it starts with that priest who shows up. He's like, "Drink the blood of Christ. Drink it and pray to pra- praise his name." And then like. He's trying to tell this story. And the best part was, like, this is something that's amazing. And, like, it only works within the universe of the film is he's, like, saying he's, like, I saw the boy's mother that night. I saw the mother. It's like, what do you mean you saw? Like, And Gregory Peck's, like, standoffish, even though he totally knows he's caught. And then he's about to say, the mother was a jackal. And he gets cut off. And, like, it's, it's this part of, like, directing that I love from Richard Donner is, like, that's so fantastical. And, like, I read that uh, he told David Seltzer literally everything in the script has to be based in reality. Like, no covens or any weird bullshit like that. Like, everything has to be at least sort of real. So, like, for him to almost shout the secret is really kind of cool. Because it gives you, like, if you weren't already clued in, you're a dumbass. But, like, if you weren't, like, it gives you that extra little tension. But... Then the other thing too that I love the the other little visual motif that I love they do is that photographer for and for anyone who grew up in the nineties you all know him as the doctor who helps the turtles in a uh, teenage mutant ninja turtle two secret of the Ooze. Um, that's right in this movie he's a photographer and he keeps taking pictures of people who keep almost dying and every uh, who are about to die in the movie and all the photos have like the way they're going to die written into the like in the photo like it's like okay. shading I love that.
0: Satan can't defeat psychic photography.
1: No, no, <laughs> like, there's,
0: it's crazy. But I was like, dude, there's psychic photography. There's fucking birthmarks of six, six, six. I was like, damn Satan. Watch a Mission Impossible movie like no sweat on the floor. Come on. Listen, if there's one
1: if there's one thing Satan can't do, it's defeat the powers of Kodak Chromalux for sure. Like there is no way. Seriously,
0: imagine if Damien had been (laughs) handed to like a 25 year old set of parents from the Midwest. This whole shit is solved in like a day. Oh, yeah. If Gregory Peck wasn't so old and tired and happy with where he had what he achieved in his life. This movie never takes place.
1: <laughs> really, this movie should be taking place now in like Silver Lake, like with all the old new Silver Lake parents who like kind of just want their kid to be a happy, oh, well-adjusted dude. kid. Like, oh yeah, we'll be great. Like they would never Are you notice. All the
0: hipsters wish that they could parent Damien.
1: Oh no, this is like oh absolutely. This is a perfect like movie f- to be set now in hip in Silver Lake with the hipsters because like basically what you're doing is like all these kids would be like, well he's just a little boy. Like let him do what he does. Like this is like how you build a community of Satan worshipers is like letting the boy kind of do it every once under the guise of like, well, just be a good parent. Like
0: (laughs) you build a community of Satan worshipers by just gathering enough old fucking people that are over their kids already.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's how it was in the seventies. at least.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I, I just think Satan, man, he has no fucking chill, dude. He is blowing this fucking plan constantly yeah but and this ha this everyone's too dumb to notice movies
1: everyone's too stupid books, to notice. it's like
0: five books that well that's what i mean because they're all fucking so fucking rich and old they don't give a fuck
1: um, um
0: the only person in the movie i think you feel a little sorry for is the mom <laughs> as well she also is no. a bad parent and old like here's a bad parenting move right I was like, who the fuck would ever take their kid to a baboon exhibit that you would just drive your car through? That was the most stunning scene of the movie to me. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, that's just a bad move. I love that. Shit, I just got a really fucking weird, like, gust of wind on my neck. Oh, my God. They know the word. Holy shit, dude. I think it's because I've been fucking talking shit about the devil having no chill. If I die on air... This is why someone finish editing this and uploaded it ourselves.
1: The devil the devil's got all the chill, for sure.
0: Dude, that's what sucks about living out in the middle of nowhere. is like everything's fucking dark and quiet, so when something like that happens, it's like wow. <laughs> I Great. Now I'm now I got to try to find a way to talk about these old ass fucking satan parents and now I'm worried <laughs> I'm going to die. So No, but ba- the baboon drive-through to get back to my point. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever seen anything more horrific? In the movie?
1: <laughs> no, I haven't. It's terrible parenting. Like, why would you take your kid? Why would you take your kid to a zoo where the, there's a chance you might get eaten by the animals? Like, that also is like the worst zoo ever. You have to drive your own car through. I hope they paid for yeah. the the buffet out. Well, no,
0: that's what I mean. That's a bad zoo even for normal people because we're led to believe that the baboons are reacting to Damien. But yeah. I would bet dollars to donuts that that happens to one of every three cars that drives through there.
1: Right, right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there's no way they're not getting about. 50 insurance claims a day from the goddamn baboons attacking cars. (laughs) Traumatizing kids. Everyone in London is traumatized by baboons at the end of this
1: movie. So, literally, at this point in the movie, literally everything is going wrong. Like, nothing good is happening. Yeah,
0: well, they have that, and then she gets attacked by Damien when they try to take him to church. Right, they
1: try to go to church, and he freaks out because, you know, the devil don't go to no church. So
0: he's I re but that scene though is so fucking beautifully shot oh it's so good I, lo- I love the like slow intercuts as he like is Damien is watching uh the Christ statue and the cutting back and forth and the tension building with him as his parents are like look at our little trophy child to make us more uh wealthy and awesome for raises and promotions <laughs> and Damien's having like a fucking full meltdown because we never we never fully understand in the movie how aware Damien is of any of this right I, he just this is one of the first and only times in the movie where he sees this symbol and is immediately stricken with terror and panic. Yeah. It's a really fucking cool moment. It's beautifully shot.
1: This is also like the first time we really get the Gregorian chant thing going. Like that's the that's yes. the that's the thing that I love about this movie is anytime something fucked up's about to happen, the Gregorian chant like kicks up like 10 notches. So Oh, yeah.
0: I mean, it's become iconic across all pop culture now. When yeah. You think of Satan, you think of
1: like, so it's like ramping up the entire time, intercut with literally just a drive up shot of like the crucifix. And then they yeah. open the door and the kid just fucking loses it, man. I mean, it's wonderful. Like it's really masterful filmmaking that leads to such a great climax. And then he goes the drive away like, well, I guess we're not going to church today. They take the kid back home. <laughs> they take the kid back home to his actual parent, Mrs. Baylock, apparently. And then they go. Well, I to-
0: like that's That's the moment where her journey as a mom starts to shift where she's like, maybe something is wrong. Yeah. She's like, now the child's affected my day to day life. Something is horribly wrong. Cause she got a couple scratches and shit.
1: She had a couple scratches and then and they immediately
0: ruin- she's like, "I've actually been really depressed and I need a therapist." It's like, Hum, you really seem to be doing pretty good before this."
1: Yeah. Morning. Also, there's like so much. <laughs> it's funny to watch this movie now in this climate because this movie is literally like Gregory Peck like handling his wife the whole time, like literally going to doctors behind her back, going. What's wrong with her? Well, she's hysterical. Of course she is. Like this whole movie. Is I like, knew
0: that. Damn it. She's a woman. Tell me what I need. to. do. Yeah.
1: How about the fragility I dare, of women? Gregory
0: get woke. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> like that's really what this movie ends up being about a lot of the time, which is pretty terrifying. So you move further down the lane and eventually this photographer comes back into focus because this guy has been sort of creeping in the background, taking photos and all this kinds of shit. Like, unobtrusive. Like you don't think he's going to be important until you see the photos. And then finally, uh, the father gets fucking, uh, gets, gets fucking speared through the chest, which is probably one of my favorite kills in the movie. Like,
0: yeah, sorry. I was, I was distracted. You're looking at me through Skype. Yeah. There's more footsteps running through my house. I think I'm actually about to get, uh, (laughs) Damien.
1: Are you going to get Damien? I don't know what the fuck is
0: happening here. Anyways, this is funny because I love the priest in this movie because he's another one of these. He's an apostle of the devil who was there the night it happened, right? Yeah. He saw the mom was a jackal, this and that. Uh now he's trying to make amends, right? But I was like, damn, this is another dude. He grew up in the school of Satan espionage. He has no fucking chill. He's like, <laughs> no, Gregory, meet me over here. And then the next thing he does is he starts like spouting poems and shit. Right. I'm like, damn, dude, ease him in.
1: No, no, yeah. Ease no. him
0: in a little a little foreplay. Because that's I was like, I also love too, because this is Patrick Troughton, right? This is Doctor number two. Right. And I was like, as I was watching The Omen, I was watching this old ass, sad Patrick Troughton. I'm like, the whole movie, The Omen, would be the greatest episode of Doctor Who of all time. <laughs> 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 we just find out that the Antichrist and Satan and all religions, like some kind of like alien microbe <laughs> taking us over.
1: <laughs> oh, damn, you are not wrong, dude. So I know, and I was
0: like, fuck when he ran away. But then, yeah, cause the father, then he, he gets attacked by this storm, right? It's really cool. The weather's coming. Lightning bolts are trying to hit him. He does all these awesome dodges and running. And then when he sees the lightning bolt hit the spear, he looks up and just stands there for like five seconds. Yeah. I was like,
1: God damn doctor, do a barrel roll. Looks up, like, what puts doing? his hands up and stands, stands lying and waiting for, to get speared. <laughs> That's my favorite scene. He goes, no, I'm like, you could have just walked, man. Like it's easy to miss. Like, that's well, like- a part
0: of me wondered if he wanted to get killed by that thing, so we find out later he's just riddled with cancer.
1: Yeah, well, there's always that, too. I'll never see my TARDIS again! <laughs> <laughs> this so, that happens, and that sort of spurns the photographer along, and uh, he shows up and talks to Gregory Peck, who basically starts saying, like, hey, some weird shit's going on, and I want to show you these pictures that apparently not even the devil can... Uh, None of the devil can defeat my Chromalux powers. Watch me. Watch me do my science work. So he's like,
0: no, that's that's like Satan is his like a uh, Banksy phase where he's like, I want people to know. I right. this. <laughs> Yeah,
1: <laughs> Satan is Banksy for sure. So that's his
0: version of street art is human murder. Art.
1: <laughs> this is my favorite. This is my, my favorite part of the whole thing is. So he shows um, he starts showing Gregory Peck the photos like you see the um, the first nanny with like a noose around her neck. And then you see three photos of the father as he's, like, slowly getting this big slash through him, which eventually is Mm – you find out it's that big spike. Then he's, like, super upset, though, and he's, like, actually spurned to talk to Gregory Peck because he's, like, well, I accidentally caught myself in the mirror and I took this photo. And it's literally a giant – like, his head cut in half. And I was, like – Wait a second. So you have absolutely the only thing you're doing is self-preservation at this point. Like you're like, I don't really give a shit about anything else but myself. So this is my life.
0: Like, well, to be fair, that's also what Gregory Peck is doing in a way. Because <laughs> he's at this point in the movie, he's like, my this hubbub about, around this boy is really fucking up my social life at <laughs> the time. So. <laughs> Cause he doesn't even really get into this until. No, yeah. Cause, cause that's how the doctor gets him, or the the priest gets him, right? Is that your wife? Uh, she could be in danger, and he knows that she's pregnant before Gregory Peck finds out. Then she drops the dime, and he's like, "Hmm, that's strange." Still not going to do anything. <laughs> Well then, of course, classic horror movie scene, right? Anytime you have a big house, never let your kid ride a big wheel or a tricycle or anything. How
1: about anytime you have this a in big more house? Than one horror
0: movie. This never works out. How well. about
1: anytime you have a big house? Don't put fucking lamps along the hallway over a giant fucking uh fucking opening. Oh, it's
0: not a lamp. It's like a fucking decorative plant.
1: That's what nice. said. I said. No, no idea it's... what
0: she's doing because she's also carrying a fishbowl full of fish, and it's like. What chore are you doing right now that you don't have a servant to do? This is some very weird right. thing that we're we're just expected to believe is normal. I like the idea that I like, like the it, idea it, that, it, that day
1: she was like, I'm gonna do the chores today.
0: Well, they put this in the movie as if people who actually like live in places and have to clean their own shit. Yeah. Or have ever watered a plant, just will so be like, This is normal. Right, right. Like, I was like, I was like, what the fuck is she doing? Is she like putting the fish in the plants? Is this some kind of like you know, rich person like cleansing right, right. Of the house. I don't know, <laughs> but that, but this scene again, this this movie is so fucking wonderfully shot, and the score is phenomenal, right? But I think it's the they do these images, and they do it a lot, right? So like when Damien's driving in the circle, they have that little spinny shot of him on the trike, but the the thing they cut away to is this insane close up oh. of uh, the nanny's eyes, and it is. Fucking horrific. This is
1: Baylock's just the intensity of her look like that is the it's giving me chills like that scares the shit. That scared the shit out of me. So then she opens the door and he fucking runs into the big wheel. And like the way this scene, too, is cut. Oh, my God. Like, this is masterful filmmaking. Like, this is amazing. Richard Donner filmmaking right here, because so basically he knocks her off the chair. She's like holding on to the banister and she slowly the drops. and that's it and the kid yeah. isn't and this is the like this is the thing the kid's not doing anything like he's just staring which at her.
0: but see this is like, a great moment you brought this up earlier it has to be all real he couldn't have done anything even if he wanted to right. expect him to freak out but maybe he's just stunned so it's actually kind of a cool moment of maybe the nanny just fucked up we don't know and then they have that beautiful match cut to the the fishbowl falling, which is her falling and turning. Right. And it has that kind of floating look, uh, of the, the detective falling backwards down the stairs in psycho. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fucking stunning, man. But, that scene is so fucking,
1: well, they wanted her, they wanted Lee Remick to do it. So like she could, they couldn't have gotten a stunt woman. So what they ended up doing was they literally built a mechanism that would rise up to her. So yeah, well she like you can tell because you know it's movie magic when she's falling. That's literally like her like being spun around and then the floor is meeting her halfway. But like yeah, it's so well done too. Like and but it's that's just, what's
0: so cool is when you do it as good as Richard Donner's doing it in that moment and his crew. Yeah, what visually looks off takes on this extra kind of magic and ominous feeling, almost like. Some kind of demonic hands are dragging her down to that floor, man. Right? It's 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 like that's what you said, right? When movie magic and this is the the whole concept of the Alchemist movie podcast, right? Or Film Alchemist, whatever the fuck. Don't even know the name of our own show because I am about to get murdered in my country house. But no, I mean that's what's cool, right? Is when they do something just for kind of like a contractual reason, like we don't want to murder our star because of insurance, (laughs) but because they're doing everything else so fucking perfectly. That it adds this extra fucking magical, scary element to it. It's just, right. it's fucking awesome. I love that sequence of the movie.
1: So she falls down. Also,
0: that's a great one to watch if you want to know why that the original is so much better than the remake with Styles. Yeah. That scene right there.
1: That scene right there is totally ruined in the new one, uh, the one from 2007. Um, and there's a big reason why. So if you want to watch it, watch it and you'll know why. Um, so Lee Remick falls. She's no longer mother of the year. <laughs> She goes to the hospital she's miscarried, so this spurns Gregory Peck and uh the guy from teen and the doctor from uh Secret of the U's. they're gonna go to Rome to figure out what happened like it's basically raising a lot of questions and all of a sudden all of a sudden uh R- Gregory Peck's like hmm maybe I should investigate this and so he decides to go to Rome yeah. finally so this is the thing I love about the movie though and this is something I didn't pick up on like. When you watch the movie, you're like, God, a devil child, whatever. Moving on. The investigation aspect of this is really interesting because he goes to Rome, speaks to the doctor. They say, like, oh, you got to go to uh, Megiddo. <laughs> you got to go to Megiddo to, like, actually. Um, right. To basically, like, figure out what's going on. And mm-hmm. so they go, to, um, they go to this grave site. And they're like, they're, 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 that's where Damien's mother's buried. They dig up. They dig up. This is
0: the thing, though, right? This is, again, Satan sucking at covering his tracks because he only burned the maternity ward because he thought he got the paper records. But then he left a melted face priest alive and able to write poorly, but he still wrote.
1: True. (laughs) So he does that, though. I, I mean, like, but this is the thing I love. And this is sort of the twist in the movie that I think is really interesting. And I like that a lot is. So they dig up Damien's mother's grave and it's a jackal carcass. You're like, holy shit. Then they dig up next to Damien's grave, which is supposed to be Damien's. Uh, They dig in and it's a fucking dead baby skull dead baby with a skull smashed in, and you realize that it wasn't it was like this basically this conspiracy of Satanists. So they fucking murdered the real Thornchild and replaced it with Damien, which is fucking killer, yeah. man. Like, it's a really cool twist in a movie that otherwise would be kind of like, you kind of see where it's going really quickly, but it's a great twist. Like, it's a really oh, it, fascinating twist, especially if you're Catholic or grew up Catholic or any sort of religion in your house. It's a really fascinating way to look at it.
0: Right. Well, not only that, it, it works beautifully in two ways, right? Is is one, we're kind of cracking Thorn out of all of these reasons he has to hold back constantly right so the murder of his own child helps him separate more from damien because when we get to uh megiddo and we read bagvanovich or whatever his name is bagdanovich i think and he gives him the knives and he shows him the cross of the seven knives yeah there's this kind of moment where as a viewer you're just sitting there and especially as a dad i'm like god damn could you imagine it's not like one knife it's not a pill it's not a gas it's not a you know, whatever. Like, the the physical act of putting those knives into this thing you've raised as your own for five years. Right. Um. In those five years, all the emotional ties he's built and the way he's lived his life, to him, that is his son. Right? He might, in his brain, know what's in that grave. Right. But Damien is still his son, man. And so, watching... Gregory Peck go through these fucking steps of separation. Like even gets the guy finally decapitated by throwing away his responsibilities.
1: Which is one of my favorite kills in the movie, but also is this masterful scene in that. uh, So not a lot of blood effects in this movie, but what I love in this, what I love in this scene is he gets decapitated and they have this great fake head, you know, uh, rolling But instead of like blood exploding out of a like decapitated head, they literally throw like a cup of wine up instead. Like that's like the, that's the alchemy that I love about this movie is there stuff that's symbolic and, you know, it's there, but it's horrifying enough to see a fucking head rolling around down like a pane of glass. You're like, whew. Like that's the kind of shit I dig, man. That's the kind of stuff that I think really makes a movie like this interesting and worth watching because there's like, it's a trick that you didn't think you needed, but you absolutely do, especially in the world where there's no CGI. Like I fucking love that part.
0: Yeah. I miss old effects, man. I I don't know With that scene though. I love the graveyard scene too, but there's like two kind of weird reasons is one when early in the movie, when Dr. Who uh, reveals that the mother was a jackal. Yeah. I was like, that's kind of a weird burn. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, oh, she's like a street walker. What are we saying here? How dare you? When they actually opened the casket and I was like, oh, fuck. Like, she's a jackal jackal. Yeah. I was like, so wait, are we saying that Damien's some kind of lycanthrope or uh, <laughs> like, how big was this jackal? How, how I mean, this baby came out like six or seven pounds. Like, right. what does the birth of this look like? <laughs> like, there were so many moments where I was like, I, I spent a lot of the rest of this day and, and many before pondering what a jackal delivery room looks like. I'm like, are there doctors in there? Vets? Is it just all priests and nuns? Like, <laughs> Santa Maria
1: Jesus! Like Somebody the get the jackal out. to deliver!
0: Yeah. Like, how? who just came... Did the jackal come in on its own accord? Did someone walk that thing in on a leash? Like, yeah. imagine this whole jackal birth. That's the movie I actually wanted. We should never remake The Omen. I want to know what led this jackal to that fucking <laughs> ER to have the baby. Also... How very sweet of the uh, devil dogs to let them <laughs> gather all their information before convincing before, with their attacks.
1: Or, the devil is just, the devil's toying with them. <laughs> like, I love, so, meanwhile, though. Oh,
0: so you think they were intentionally not killing them.
1: Oh, no. See, cool. I think that's the important thing. Like, this is, like, that's, see, we're, we we keep bagging, saying, like, man, the devil's just too out in the open with this, but I think there's a reason for it, man. Like, I that's why I like this movie because I think the devil's playing Gregory Peck like a fiddle throughout the whole thing. He wants X Y and Z to happen. And here's why. So another thing and this is like the scariest Mrs. Baylock moment to me. Like that close up is scary, but this the la- the last scene with Lee Remick before she gets killed is the scariest thing I've ever seen. Is so Lee Remick is like finally feeling a little better and she's putting on a shirt. She pulls down her shirt over her like cast. And she sees Mrs. Baylock in the reflection of the window, and I don't know why that woman is the scariest face. But reflected in the window, it might be the most—I'm—I'm I'm still getting chills thinking about it. It might be the most scary-looking look. Like it's the most sinister-looking woman I've ever seen in a movie. Like she's just oh, scowling yeah. at this chick and pushes her right out the fucking window. Like holy like, shit!
0: shucks her ass through that window. Like that's the thing I shucked. thought. Is I was like. I was like, "Man, Satan needed to recruit a bigger nanny." No, because she's kind of tiny. At the end, even old ass Gregory Peck doesn't get winded knocking her out. I'm like, "That's pretty sad fighting skills." To me, but she does. She looks the part. But I was like, "If you're Satan, you've got to go out and recruit like Brienne of Tarth sized nanny." <laughs> so when Gregory Peck's like, "Let go," she's That's just right. like, "Wow!" If they're gonna shot, remake, the, you know? they're
1: gonna remake this movie, Gwendolyn Christie has to be Mrs. Baylock. Forget it, everyone else. No more Mia Farrow. Yeah. Gwendolyn Christie.
0: No, I mean this is the thing. Satan not only is doing all these weird plans and like leaving all this evidence. You cannot have a five foot four nanny who has no supernatural abilities. Right. If Gregory Peck, at eighty five years old with no sperm left in his nuggets, can <laughs> knock you out in a fist fight without dying of a heart attack, you're not a good. Satan apostle right you should not be protecting the kid
1: so Gregory Peck goes back is a great scene with the reveal of the number he finds in the kid's hair which I just I love that the scene. haircut yeah yeah it's really good and then Mrs. Baylock fights him he has the daggers basically the idea is that he has to take these he has to take these like seven daggers and stab the kid to death on an altar in a church which is pretty fucking horrific um, this
0: is this is where I want to ask you a question Because your theory is that Satan has orchestrated all of this to this exact moment. Do you realize then, if that's true, Satan's entire plan could have fallen apart if Gregory Peck, with the kid all the way unconscious, knew not to speed out of his own gate? (laughs) Like, if he had just casually rolled through the gate, that kid is a shish kebab and the entire world is saved. No Armageddon. He heard the dog barking, a dog that was clearly locked in the cellar, and he got so scared he gunned it right and that's what brought him down. Old people should not be allowed to drive, <laughs> or else Armageddon's happening. This movie has a lot of subtle kind of uh socio status uh messages for us, but
1: this is why though like playing like a fiddle, so we get to the end, Damien, you know, they go to the church. Spoiler alert, Damien does not die, all right? But this is the important thing and this is why this is like well, Right,
0: they cap pack as he's going to do it.
1: Yeah, they cap pack for sure. So uh, and it's really like it's done in this really weird way, but anyways, this is like the reason that I think it's important because listen, if you went to any sort of Catholic if you went to any sort of Catholic school or um Sunday school or whatever, you know that one of the ways that like so it's always described that the devil rises in the How about sea.
0: wait, we kind of skipped it though. What? But that moment with Gregory Peck dragging that kid about, oh. right, he's kind of dragging him around like he's nothing. But when he holds him down and he's just going, Daddy, no, Daddy, please. Oh, yeah, he please. can't, he can't I, do it. I, it. As a parent, man, that is fucking unbelievably gut-wrenching material. Oh, I wouldn't... I even, mean, No matter what you think this thing is and all the pain you've been through, and this is probably the coolest thing they do in the whole movie, it's still... they. We feel like we've seen a lot of evidence, right? right? But even something like who puts a jackal and a baby in marked graves if you're committing this like great heist. Right. Uh for all we know, all of this is still just coincidence.
1: I don't think Damien knows as you a child. Because the there's a lot of debate about that, yeah. whether Damien knows. No, Damien who he is. I don't
0: think knows. Like the dog communicates with him and he obviously waves to it. Right. But if you watch if you watch the omen two. It becomes pretty clear in that movie that Damien still is not fully aware
1: of right. who he is. Damien f- discovers who he is in The Omen 2, but he the kid yes. doesn't know, so the kid is still a kid. And I think that's what's brilliant about this movie is the moral quandary Gregory Peck faces is, I mean, like, it is, like, Oblivion or Your Child, like... I mean, if you're a parent, he you might actually parent, be like, stabbing you the kid. last
0: vestige of his life.
1: You can't be the one to take life from your child. Like you protect that child with all your might. You yeah. know,
0: what if he's wrong and that's the last piece of good, decent life he had left?
1: Exactly. So I really like that. I also like by that, that point. Moment.
0: It's way past his bedtime.
1: <laughs> What's that?
0: He's so old. And when did he so past his bedtime? Right he picked up the knife and he's like "oh jesus."
1: Yeah, what he does is he well what he does right before he goes up to take the haircut he, they cut out the scene where he eats his muesli and watches at least two episodes of golden girls. So, <laughs>
0: well, I was like, "Dude, you got a mission. It's kind of weird you stop to visit your doily bed." And I was like, "Oh, he's probably getting his ticker medicine."
1: <laughs> so a lot
0: of jokes about the age, but that really fucking bothered me this time. So in the last he really needed to cast younger.
1: But so in the last scene, you realize too is like This is the devil pulling one over on everybody is this kid now is a victim. He's absolutely 100% going to be sought after and taken care of and that's exactly what the devil wants to rise through the sea of politics and that's who the devil ends up being and that's how they really play it out they it's a very catholic oriented movie like if you read the bible in church right. if you're a, <laughs> if you read the bible in a catholic church this is a very catholic movie like he rises through the sea of politics and he's always associated with political gains and so on and so forth so i think what's really interesting is the movie ends this little boy's standing there and i love i mean it's one of the best shots in all of horror is this kid yeah. turns around, looks at the camera, and smiles. And it was totally As by he accident too. As the president
0: too. of the United States of America. Yeah,
1: and the scene was his totally dad,
0: his dad, quote unquote, uh, former friend and roommate.
1: Totally by accident too, which I didn't know. Right. The kid was supposed to stand there stoically. The little kid's name was Harvey Stevens. He was supposed to stand there stoically, and apparently Dick Donner was holding this shot and literally said, "Don't you fuck this up, you little bastard!" And the kid just. <laughs> Like something along those lines. And the kid just fucking couldn't help it, but start grinning ear to ear. And it worked so well with the Gregorian chant in the background. that they kept it. It
0: wouldn't work without it. Now. I agree. Now that you've seen it, you're like, fuck,
1: it's impossible for it not to work out. Like it has to be that way because it's still innocent. It's innocent because it's a child and it's, but it's terrifying because you know, that kid's who that kid's going to end up being like, yeah. Oh. And
0: now that he is next to the clo- the most powerful person in the world. Yeah. Uh also this movie really scary moment of a uh, white privilege there in that last shot. I'm <laughs> like what the fuck do you have to do to not get like a a proud ceremonial <laughs> send off? The president's just like, "Oh my god, my friend tried to murder a boy with seven knives. Give him the full" 21-gun salute, fold up a flag. I'll take that home to remember. The child stabber. Man, it must be nice to be fucking old and rich and white.
1: God bless.
0: (laughs) Yeah. When he was there, I was like, the president, could you imagine if that happened today? Like if President Obama or President Trump, it's like, President Obama or President Trump visited the funeral of attempted child murderer, anyone on earth. (laughs) Like, what the fuck? That is insane.
1: I think everyone would be like, well, that makes sense. (laughs) Actually, nowadays, they're going to be like, oh, my God, it's The Omen. So, you know, that makes sense then. Uh, This movie was a forewarning. We was foretold. Um, Yeah, this movie. I mean, at
0: this point, I'd be like, ah, fucking have it, (laughs) Damien.
1: Yeah, for real. I'd be like, man, maybe Damien can clean some of this up. Uh, (laughs) I had such a blast rewatching this movie. I try and watch it at least once a year. it's one of those movies that never gets old for me. I think it's always a little creepy. It's always a little scary, and I do always find new things that I really enjoy. I love watching. There's documentaries made about this movie. It was on the. It was on a great list uh, that Bravo did a few years back, like a hundred, hundred movies, a hundred scares. Like it's just a fantastic flick. There's nothing about this movie that's not entertaining. There's nothing about this movie that's not scary. So if you need a movie that's not super gory but will creep the shit out of you the omen is a perfect bowman's a perfect match i think
0: yeah well what i think what it is is it it's something very familiar to most of us right is this this religious story is kind of rooted in something we know right um and it's big concept scary stuff but what this movie does well is it works so well beyond just the horror genre stuff Right. Like that last moment with Gregory Peck and that kid, despite everything he's been through, he still doesn't know if he should do it or not. That to me is the masterful guidance of this movie, right? Um, that's the, you just don't know. It's the psychology, and, and, of and this I film. think that like, journey of great. a man slowly losing everything, unable and perhaps unwilling to do anything to save it. I mean, it's something. Again, I made a lot of jokes about him old and. Rich and whatever the fuck. Right. But it is universally relatable. Yeah. This movie. While being one of the big kind of concept, like, you know, scariest religious stories you could find. Uh, I just, I think it works as a lot of different kinds of movies. It's so fun. The performances are fucking great. Uh, the score is great and has become iconic, obviously. um, To me, it's just, it's one of those, it's not just relying on any cheap stuff. It starts slow and builds up to a masterful crescendo. I I mean, to me I just I can't really find anything to talk shit about this movie, honestly.
1: Other than the age of his parents, which makes no sense.
0: Right, the age of the parents is bullshit, but I mean, Hollywood forever has had 20 something year old women married to like 50 year old guys all the fucking time in movies. You're not wrong. Granted in this one they're both old, so I guess it's even more realistic. Please. Sorry.
1: Please this is a great I'm movie just so to tired watch with your I'm family. a family. That's is such- why This is such a great movie to watch with your family and friends. Please watch it with your family and friends.
0: Yeah. Well, guys, that is Alex's movie that scared the shit out of him as a kid, man. It's always fun, and, and I'm glad you picked this one, too. Not just because it's great, but it's always fun to talk to people about one of their first experiences with fear in movies. Yeah. Like one of the first times they watched a movie and you're like, oh, I don't feel safe. Yeah. This isn't Alvin an and the Chipmunks. I feel unsafe and scared. Right. And how that sticks with people over the ages. I love that.
1: It's it's something that's, I think, early fear from movies particularly. Like, fear from film early on is something that ferments with time almost. Like, the thing that scared you as a kid doesn't scare you as much as an adult, but you do remember It's this lingering. it's this lingering feeling. It's really amazing. Kind of like, when you retrace your your steps to what really scared you and you see it now, it might not scare you as much, but it also still gives you this twinge of like, it takes you to another place. It takes you back there.
0: Yeah, and for sure. Like when I was young, I saw The Omen. I remember being like, God, that's boring and not scary. When I watched it this time, it's, really scary like i'm sitting in my house now like my eyes darting everywhere because i feel like i'm about to get murdered by satan
1: yeah it's really fun uh, it's really fun watching you on skype right now because you literally are like I'm, every two seconds Like i'm
0: fucking telling you i'm hearing sounds everywhere i felt a gust of wind on my neck because i'm sitting here sweating cause there's no ac on So my wife's crazy and she thinks because it's cold outside we don't need ac and this is the other thing behind me i see reflections in my window and we have all kinds of like weird skulls and shit outside so it looks like faces are moving around <laughs> I'm really having like a panic attack. So you're welcome for this amazing <laughs> performance under duress. <laughs> and if I die for real, Satan has no chill. You know what's up. There you go.
1: Don't ever- That's it, guys. Don't ever question uh, Satan's chill.
0: Yeah. Horror movies galore. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the omen. If you did, share it with a buddy. Share the show with them, man. Especially if I died. be Let that be my parting gift. <laughs> R.I.P. Griff, <laughs> here's, here's the pod. Uh, If you guys listen to us where you can leave a rating and review, please do so on your podcast directory. It does mean the world uh, to young new shows like us to help find a bigger and better audience. Also, to that effect, if you could take a minute, follow us on social media and share our stuff with your friends uh, when we put out you know, the movies we're doing, things like that. That also helps us enormously. The more people we can reach, we can have better conversations, more fun. Uh, find the kind of movies we all want to enjoy. That's the goal of this show.
1: I agree. <laughs> I just want Griffy to be safe, guys. Please, for the love of God, watch our, listen to our show. Go to our YouTube channel and keep Griff safe.
0: I'm going to have a real hard time watching pornography in these conditions. <laughs> I'm real scared. <laughs> I don't know right. if that'll amp up the thrill or not. I'm gonna try to soldier through.
1: Listen, there's only one there's only one person you need to ask you know, there's only one person you need to ask protection from right now. That's Black Philip. He's the only person that can save you.
0: I mean, I feel like Black Philip is always with me, but you never know. Maybe, Maybe- I live too deliciously and it's my time. <laughs> They're calling me up to the bigs. <laughs> no, seriously. I know that sounded crass, the masturbation thing, but if you knew thought you were about to be killed by Satan, what other way is there to go? <laughs>
1: You're not wrong, Griff. You're not wrong.
0: You're getting a sticky corpse if you come for me, buddy. Better watch it. All right. Before I say anything else, I'll regret for all time. Uh, for the film Alchemist, I'm Josh Griffin. I'm Alex Dandino. Leave me alone. The power of Christ compels me. Question mark. <laughs>